3: Well, I took your advice and got a real job. What a weird coincidence. I didn't want to meet her again, and that too when I was with my boss and colleague. Uh, okay, good for you, then I'll go back to sleep, I said in a dismissive tone. What? Are you really trying to ignore me? She asked. Do you know how difficult it was for me to find out which company you're working for? My eyes widened. What do you mean? She sat down beside me without even asking, and turned to me with a smile. I was looking for a job a few days ago. I thought that it would be best to look into the company you're working for. So, here I am. So, you were stalking me again. I state in irritation. Matt, why don't you understand? I'm doing this for you. She said seriously. I just want to stay close to you. I don't want that. I exclaimed. So... Please, do me a favor and leave me alone. Excuse me? Ruby's voice interrupted. She was standing in the aisle, staring at Natasha. That's my seat, Ruby told her. So please leave. I don't know what gave you this idea that you could just sit anywhere in this flight. Natasha glared at her, but had no choice but to leave. What else could she do? Ruby was technically her boss. Thanks. You just saved me from her. I said to Ruby. She nodded. I could see that she was annoying you. I'll ask the higher ups to look more into her background and verify if she's really suitable for the job. I sighed. <sighs> that would be great. A few more hours later, we finally landed, and I could sigh in relief. <sighs> that was a plane ride from a nightmare. I could only relax when I got inside my hotel room and lie down on the bed. I was about to fall asleep when my phone started buzzing. Olivia was calling me. Hi, Matt, are you free tonight? She asked as soon as I received the call. Um, yeah, I think the meetings and negotiations will start tomorrow. So we have the day off today, I replied. Right, so I was wondering if you wanted to go to a club with me, she asked. I gave it a thought. I was not really sure about Olivia anymore. She had acted like a completely different person with Ruby. But now she was talking like her old self. I decided to give her a second chance. I mean, I'd be getting bored anyway, so why not just go clubbing? Sure, I'll meet you later, I told her. Around 11pm, we met in the hotel lobby, and from there, we proceeded towards the club. Within two hours, Olivia was drunk out of her mind. I was having a hard time with her. She was all over the place and had been flirting with me the whole time. It was a bit uncomfortable for me. Oh, would you like to dance? She suddenly asked. No thanks, I immediately replied. She started pleading me, and she was being so loud and weird that now everyone was watching us. In the end, I said yes, just so she would shut up. Even the dance was uncomfortable. She was completely intoxicated, and I bet she had no idea what she was doing. I was thinking of getting out of there when someone tapped on my shoulder. I turned around to come face to face with Ruby. Oh, God, what are you doing here? I yelled over the music. I could ask you the same thing, she yelled back, then pointed towards Olivia. I've been watching since the last few hours. What exactly is going on here? Um, I started awkwardly. You see, Olivia's a bit drunk, and... Ruby scoffed, cutting me off. Drunk? Please, she doesn't get drunk so easily. I've known her for a long time, and trust me, she's fooling you. What? I exclaimed in shock. I turned to Olivia to see that she was glaring at Ruby. Oh, wow. She seemed completely fine now. Ruby pulled me to a quiet corner. Matt? I warned you about her. I don't know what she's playing at, but please be careful. What is your problem? Olivia suddenly appeared before us and started yelling. You are my problem, Ruby snorted. Weren't you supposed to play a drunk girl just now? Did you come out of your character already? Ruby was right. Olivia seemed completely normal right now. Uh, were you pretending to be drunk? I asked her. Why would you do that? Was it fun to deceive me? No, Matt, listen. She grabbed my hand. I was not pretending. I I, I just feel better right now. But why did you leave me alone and come here with Ruby? I brought him here, Ruby intervened. I couldn't tolerate your antics anymore. You're just jealous, Olivia fumed. I know that you like Matt and you hate it when he's with me, don't you? Olivia, please. I stopped her. Instead of accepting your mistake, why are you arguing with us? Olivia glanced at me in shock. Us? What do you mean, us? Is she that important to you? Ruby shook her head. You're just blowing things out of proportion. Don't take your anger out on that. She is, I finally said, ignoring Ruby's words. Ruby is important to me. Even I don't know why I said that. But I needed Olivia to back away. And this seemed like the only way. Plus, who knows? Maybe Ruby really meant something to me. A look of betrayal crossed Olivia's face, and she turned around and left. Ruby gave me an awkward look, and I found it hard to meet her gaze. I'm sorry for ruining your night, she blurted out, but I swear, I just didn't want you to fall for Olivia's trap. I nodded. It's fine, and you know, not everything's ruined. We can still enjoy it, right? Ruby smiled. Right. And that's how my night started, with Olivia, but somehow ended with Ruby. One thing was clear to me now. Olivia was not what she appeared to be. And she kinda reminded me of Natasha, which was not really a good thing, I guess. The next day, Olivia had disappeared somewhere, and didn't even show up for the meetings. Ruby called her multiple times, but there was no response. We attended the meetings without her. Later at night, I was having a business dinner with Ruby. We were just discussing some proposals and clients over food and wine. But I must say, it felt good to spend time like this with her. She was really the best in what she did. Okay, so we will try and negotiate with them tomorrow, Ruby concluded. Thanks, Matt. You've been really helpful. No worries, I said. I just hope that Olivia is safe. Oh, I think she is safe, Ruby replied. She's pulled this kind of stunt a lot of times. When things don't go her way, she disappears, then comes back again to wreak havoc. Oh, wow, I remarked. You seem to know her very well. Yes, unfortunately. I knew her since college days. We were in the same classes, and then we got our jobs at the same place. But I got promoted a lot of times, and she stayed where she was. So she became really bitter. She has always been jealous of what I have and has tried to ruin things for me, a lot of times. That's terrible, I said in shock. Why haven't you fired her yet? I guess I feel somewhat bad for her, she said with a smile. If I fire her, she'll just blame me even more. I want to give her time to learn and improve. She was kind of getting there, but you came and then everything became a competition once again. I bit my lip. It's my fault. I shouldn't have trusted her so easily. No, it's okay. Ruby waved her hand. Let's not talk about her. I was about to reply when suddenly the doors burst open, and guess who barged in? It was Natasha. Oh, finally I found you, Natasha said, walking up to me. Why didn't you wait for me at the airport? I made a disgusted face. What are you talking about? I have nothing to do with you. Why would I wait? And why are you here? Don't tell me you followed me again. Thank God that Olivia girl told me that you would be here. Natasha sighed. Otherwise, I would have lost you again. Olivia told you? Ruby exclaimed. Where is she? And how do you even know her? Uh, who are you? And why are you with my boyfriend? Natasha asked her. God, are you delusional? I yelled at her. We are not dating anymore, and my life is none of your business. Leave before I call the cops. You can't do that, Matt. Natasha smiled. You should learn to take responsibility. What do you mean? I asked in confusion. I'll tell you only if you agree to come with me. And trust me, this is important. Hi, my name's Liam, and my story will blow you away. I grew up in an unsupportive home. My parents were always too busy to care for me, even though I was an only child. My dad was caught up in his job, and my mom was always busy with her social life. The only time they seem to take notice of me is when they tell me off. You won't go anywhere if you can't ace your tests! A B-plus is not enough! It's impossible for someone like you to get a good job if you stay like that! No matter how hard I tried, There's just no pleasing them. One time, I scored perfect on an important exam. The teacher and all my classmates praised me. I felt so happy I couldn't wait to let my parents know. Your parents must be so proud to have such a smart young boy like you. I felt a lump form in my throat. Yes, uh, they are. (laughs) That's all I've ever wanted. Maybe now, Mom and Dad will appreciate me at this time. As soon as the bell rang, I bid my friends goodbye and ran for the school doors with the biggest smile on my face. When I got home, Mom was on the phone and Dad was working on his laptop. I hurriedly announced the good news at the top of my lungs. Only one test? Stop shouting! Can't you see I'm talking to someone? Your dad's right. You need to do more than that. My heart sank. I- I'm sorry. I'll try to do better next time. <sighs> my head hung low as I slowly walked upstairs to my room. I didn't even touch my dinner that night. Holding back my tears, I swore to myself. One day. I'll show them. One day. I studied my butt off day and night. My friends were all worried about me every time they saw me. I looked so pale and thin as if I don't eat. Dark circles hugged my eyes, and I spoke too slow that girls avoided me. Oh, what is wrong with him? He looks like a zombie! I heard his parents don't take care of him. He must be losing his mind. Being stared at and ridiculed became a daily thing at school. Some kids would throw stones at me when I tried to eat lunch outside. I acted unbothered. I'd rather be embarrassed alone than have my friends get shamed just by sitting next to me in the cafeteria. Oh, It sure was a nightmare for me. I thought of rebelling, but I didn't want to prove my parents right. I continued working hard. Playing or having any sort of fun wasn't on my schedule. Only getting excellent grades filled my mind. It took a toll on me, though. My body got so weak it could no longer keep up with me. I started failing my studies. Mom found out and immediately told my dad. I got slapped in the face. I gave my best... for nothing. It doesn't matter what I do. They won't ever treat me as their child. I wondered if I was a mistake. What if they didn't want to have me but had no other choice? I planned to run away. Summer came. Dad went on a business trip and Mom was out of town. I packed my bag with clothes, food, and money I had saved up. I wasn't sure how long I could manage, but I was going to live in a different city and find a cheap place to stay for a few days. I'd find a job somehow and earn enough to get by. They probably won't even bother to look for me. I'll finally have the freedom I deserve. I made a note saying I wanted a two-month vacation in the countryside. I don't know if they'll buy it. All I know is they wouldn't worry as much as other normal parents would. I carried my bag and stepped out into the night. It was so quiet. I pulled my cap lower as I scanned the streets. No one was around, and I could tell the neighbors were all indoors with their lights on. I began walking quickly, looking straight ahead of me was only three blocks away from my house when I heard a sound. Psst. I looked to my left. There, under the faint glow of a nearby street lamp, a familiar face was looking at me. Where are you going, Liam? It was my best friend, Jill. I rushed over to her side, making sure no one could see us. Please, don't tell anyone. I'm going away for a while. Going where? For how long? I'm sorry. I, I really can't tell you. She put a hand on my shoulder. You don't have to hide anything from me. You know you can trust me. I let out a big sigh. <sighs> All right. I'm moving to another town. I don't think I can take it anymore, Jill. Jill's my best friend. She understands me and knows exactly what I've been going through. Don't. I know a place where you can stay. Before I could say a word, she pulled me and half ran toward a cab coming in our direction. Are you mad? I whispered loudly as she waved to get the driver's attention. An hour later, we reached a dark road surrounded by trees. Jill asked the cab driver to stop. What the heck is this shady location? After we hopped off, I took a glance at my watch. It was 10 p.m., and we were in the middle of nowhere. Where are we? I trust you with all my heart, but this looks like the perfect setting for a murder. Jill just chuckled. (laughs) Wait till you see it. She turned on her phone's flashlight and started making a path through the untamed grass. I could only hope there were no snakes or bears as we trudged on the unknown forest soil. Finally, we made it to a clearing. I couldn't believe my eyes. Standing in the middle of the woods was a luxurious cottage. It looked like it just came out of a storybook. Jill said the cottage was a birthday gift from her rich uncle. It was a secret hideaway no one else knew about. She only went there when she needed to unwind. And after showing me inside, she handed over the keys and told me she had to be home soon. She said I could stay for as long as I needed. <sighs> What luck I had. It was a dream living in that place. At last, I had space to breathe and let myself enjoy away from any expectations. Jill always came by whenever she could to bring food and to hang out with me. She also helped me try painting again, a hobby I had to neglect to please Mom and Dad. Education was all that mattered to them. Days flew by, and before I knew it, I had become quite good at my hobby. Jill kept encouraging me to post my work online so much that I eventually gave in. To my surprise, a lot of people liked my art. We watched as the likes and shares increased each week. After some planning, we tried to sell the paintings, some of them as art prints. Before we knew it, my art was everywhere videos, articles, social media accounts, the list goes on. I even began earning through merchandise. That wasn't the best part, though. I was busy working on my latest painting when an email notification popped up on my screen. It didn't come from my usual contacts. I wanted to check it out later, but curiosity got the best of me. I opened the unread mail and saw a message I could only dream of. It was from a famous art website I've been a fan of for years. They were asking if I could allow them to feature my artwork. My eyes welled up with tears. It's like a huge weight was lifted off my back. For the first time in my life, I was acknowledged for my efforts. I felt like I was finally... accepted! As I was absorbed in my thoughts, I heard Jill's voice at the door. Liam! There was urgency in her voice. I quickly got out of the room. She was leaning against the wall, clearly out of breath. What happened? Are you alright? They are looking for you. The joy I was experiencing just a few seconds ago disappeared into thin air. Jill told me my parents were getting suspicious of my whereabouts. They can't get any information from anyone. When they asked her, she said she knew about my vacation but didn't know the location. I got worried. Mainly not for myself, but for Jill. I don't want to get her in trouble. I instructed Jill to act natural and insist that she knows nothing, because I told her not to let anyone know where I was going. Weeks passed. Summer vacation was almost over. I didn't hear much about my parents anymore. They probably gave up on me as I expected. While I was planning what to do next, I got a job from the website that featured my artwork. One night as I was surfing the nets, I stumbled upon an online art competition. It was a sponsored event by some of the most well-known organizations in the country to raise awareness about the youth's struggles and show what they have to offer to the world. The grand prize includes $100,000 plus an opportunity to work for a highly acclaimed museum. This is it, I said to myself. It's time to let everyone know what I'm capable of. Sleepless nights and early mornings filled my routine. I did my duties during the day and worked on my paintings at night. The desire to not go back to my old life burning myself out for nothing fueled me. I no longer want to deprive myself of happiness just to please my parents, who could care less what I do. It's only a losing battle. The most anticipated day arrived. The day of the competition. Jill cheered me on as I submitted my entry. Don't forget to treat me to dinner when you win. Even if you don't get the grand prize, one thing is for sure. You have a bright future ahead of you. I looked up at Jill with teary eyes. She looked like an angel with her golden locks cascading down her shoulders and her face glowing as the sunlight beamed through the window. I've always admired how beautiful she was inside and out. Thank you, Jill. You've always been there for me. I'm sorry I couldn't show how much I appreciate you. I was too busy being a sad boy. (laughs) It's nothing. I just care about you. For real. Well, I care about you too, you know? My heart was beating so fast when it struck me. I've been in love with my best friend all along. I was about to confess my feelings when a book fell on the floor, scaring the living daylights out of us. It took a few seconds before we realized we were holding on to each other. We both gave a nervous laugh as we quickly pulled away. (laughs) What was that? I hope it's not a bad sign. (laughs) Yeah, uh, I hope so too. (laughs) Look at the time. We should... Probably get some shut-eye to prepare for tomorrow. Yes! Oh, wow! It's almost dark! See you tomorrow, then. I'll be here once they send you the results. Wait for me, okay? I gave her my promise and waved goodbye as she went out the door. (sighs) I'll tell you soon. The next day, I woke up reminding myself I would continue pursuing my dreams no matter what happens. I beat my chest and got out of bed. I was about to head for the kitchen when Jill appeared from behind the wall looking at me with a silly grin. I went over to my laptop, which was already half open on the table. I read the big words on the screen. Congratulations! Oh, I couldn't finish reading the rest because my vision got blurry. The next thing I remember is crying like a baby on the floor. I did it! My pain and hard work paid off! In the end, it was all worth it. Never in a million years would I think I could face my mom and dad with a proud heart. I'll be coming back home in a couple of days. But I had one wish left. I wanted to keep living a free life just as I have in Jill's cottage. I can't afford to risk my parents getting in the way of my happiness and my dreams. However... I wanted to let the cottage remain a hideaway for Jill and find a nice little place of my own. I was checking out some apartments near our school one afternoon when I ran into our neighbor, Bill. He's the one who lives in the gorgeous Victorian-style mansion close to our house. Liam! How are you? Hi, Bill! Uh, I'm okay. Just got back from the countryside. He gave me a gentle pat on the back. I know about your parents. They aren't too easy to please, are they? I smiled and sighed a little. Yeah, I'm planning to move out soon. I hope they don't mind too much. Bill's eyes widened. You're moving out? Good for you! Have you saved up enough? I shrugged. Well, I was lucky to get an online job. And I also won an art competition recently. Wow! Are you the one who won the grand prize for that sponsored competition? I shyly nodded. That's awesome! I knew you were a talented boy. You deserve to be recognized. His eyes lit up even more. If you haven't found a place to stay yet, uh, why don't you buy mine instead? My jaw literally dropped. Did I hear that right? Yes, Bill said he was going to move abroad for work, and he's been thinking about selling the mansion. He offered me a huge, huge discount. This wouldn't be possible anywhere else. It was a beautiful, warm morning when I arrived at our neighborhood. I was surprised to see all my friends and neighbors welcome me as I stepped out of the cab. Turns out, Jill organized the whole thing. Word about my recent feat spread like wildfire, too. Bill was standing there next to my mom and dad, who looked like they were trying their best to make eye contact with me while smiling awkwardly. They had no choice but to let me move out, since I was almost 18 and I just won a prestigious competition. Feeling emotional, I rubbed the back of my head and thanked everyone. I gave Jill a big hug and confessed my feelings for her. She gasped and told me she felt the same. We shared a sweet kiss like no one was watching. I can honestly say that I'm proud of the person I've become. If I gave up too soon, I would have never known that I was born to make a difference as I am. My name is Tegwin Evion, and looking at me, my disheveled hair, and wrinkled uniform, you may not think I'm critical to a story such as this one. But the truth is, I am, and always have been, stuck in the middle. And the uniform isn't exactly my fault. After all the things I have to look out for in the day, I can't spare time ironing shirts in the morning. Ever since I was a kid, I've run into trouble at every corner, finding people in distress that I somehow managed to pull from their tense state. If someone in a crowd had something wrong with them, I'd somehow manage to find them. If someone were sick or hurting, I'd always be able to get them the help they needed. No one, not even my parents, realized just what I went through every day. It got to the point where I'd come home from the elementary school run dry of notebooks and pencils after giving them away to those that needed them more. Growing up was even worse. Even when I was made fun of in middle school for the lack of supplies I had, or my odd clothing choices that I adored with my whole heart... I still managed to find the ones searching for help. With a hug and some sweet words, they'd be on their merry way, leaving me behind. Friends fell behind after getting what they needed. Crushes left me unnoticed. I was essentially a doormat for anyone and anything. And why? I'm still trying to figure that out this very day. Middle school was mostly just a learning experience for me a place to grow and learn from my mistakes, as for everyone. But, one thing did stick. A girl I met, one I had helped, Maria Hazelbrook. I remember meeting her flawlessly. My mind keeps it in crystal clear condition at the far back for whenever I want to smile upon something. I had helped her in class during a test allowing her to cheat off of my paper while I distracted the teacher with an imaginary fight in the hallway after returning from the bathroom. Sure, I got detention for a week after that, but the look she gave me was priceless. Her smile stuck in my head. Eventually, she and I started talking, exchanging numbers, and texting each night. She was the first person that had ever been that close to me. Eventually, I graduated from middle school and we split. She was forced to go to a high school that was separate from mine. I had never felt more alone in my life as I entered the doors of the high school shivering in fear. Crowds upon crowds of friends piled together, talking loudly and laughing as they spoke of their new classes. All I could think about was what she'd say if she were there. How we would laugh and bound up the stairs recklessly taking on our classes together. But instead, I found myself sitting in a seat with strangers surrounding me. That whole day was about to fall apart until someone new walked in. She was gorgeous. And I mean, gorgeous in the way she held herself. How she seemed as though she didn't notice how amazing she looked. It seemed as if she had recently dyed her hair a deep pink, complimenting her bright blue eyes that darted to the floor in avoidance of the glances around her. She awkwardly shuffled to the back of the room before taking a seat next to me and filing through her bag. And I knew at that very moment that I had something to look forward to. No one seemed to pay attention to her, much like me, rather chatting amongst themselves. She was in her own world opening her notebook and scribbling in the answers to the opening questions on the board for our first year English class. Simple questions. I found myself unable to focus on that entire class, my face heating as I stared down at my blank paper. The days fly by with her next to me. Other classes were easy enough, and I had no struggle with passing. But in English, my grade was beginning to drop. I thought that maybe my dumb luck with helping others may have some sort of effect on her. But to my dismay, she was always put together. Always more than perfect. I found myself stuck between Maria and the new girl. Every time I seemed to get closer, Maria seemed to catch on, tossing in a few negative thoughts about what she could be. I never understood why she was so protective questioning me about if I had gotten into any relationships, trying to push herself back into my life. I missed her, I did, but it was too much. The year passed and I moved into the summer. I had managed to learn the girl's name and grab her number after some close encouragement from a classmate, Aura McCarthy. Summer was going to be amazing. Maria and I had fallen out talking less and less as I got more and more involved, not realizing that other eyes seemed to be on me as well. Aura and I only grew closer as summer proceeded at agonizingly fast speeds. We hit the movies a few times and even had a few meals out together every blue moon. But the messaging was constant. Her bubbly tone kept me awake at night, smiling like an idiot as I looked forward to sophomore year. And sophomore year hit like a truck. My classes were simple and enjoyable, but Aura and I had absolutely no classes together. Our lunch periods were even separated. It was as if the universe tore us from each other just as things started getting good. The year before, I had been given the chance to join a mythology class that was commonly for juniors and seniors. But with my promising grades and supposed bright future, I was able to save myself a spot. That was the class that was the rotten cherry on top of the garbage Sunday. Though the class itself was wonderful, the people in it were intolerable. Four girls were constantly chatting in the corner, dressed to fit their popularity statuses, which were clearly high seeing as the teacher didn't say a single thing with each insult or curse that fell from their lips. Every once in a while, I'd catch a stray gaze and dart my eyes away to keep myself from getting into deeper waters than I already was being in that class at all. That entire week, my so-called talent? had come into use in many different instances. I had stopped a poor girl in the hallway from being trampled, prevented a fight from breaking out by leading one of the parties away, and even stopped a teacher from blowing up on a student. But the only thing that was important to me was getting to the end of that week, after something life-changing had been planned. In October of sophomore year, Ora had asked me to walk her home. To many, this might have seemed casual, like a friend asking another to keep them company. But with her, it was something entirely different. I was sure of it. She reached out after weeks of little contact. It had to be something, didn't it? Friday night, the rest of the week was pointless. Tests and assignments flying by my mind as I reached the front of the school in a jog my hands gripping the straps of my backpack like a lifeline before I exited the building. My eyes darted around the heads of those around me, searching for that familiar pink that made me light up to match the hue. A few agonizing minutes before I saw her bright smile and excitedly waving hands. Just as she had asked, we walked, exiting the school's premises, and making our way to a crossroad where she paused. She had frozen in place, tilting her head in curiosity at the scene before her, of a familiar figure waving their hands, with brown waves that toppled over her shoulders to her lower back, bouncing with her movements. Maria. Rushing over, she slid an arm around mine and gripped it tightly with a smile, even brighter than Aura's. All I could do was stare in awe as the two girls held either of my arms and began to converse, Maria's venomous tone highly outweighing the light-heartedness that Aura brought to the table. Each period made Maria grip my arm tighter before she turned to me and spoke. Egwin! Hey God, I've missed you so much! I feel like we haven't seen each other in ages, so I thought I'd rush over to say hello before you walked home! I really didn't mean to interrupt anything at all! Aura broke through the silence that I nervously had supplied with a sweet comment. Don't worry! He was just walking me home. I'm sure this isn't a problem. Once I'm there, you two can run off. But we had planned this, so it'd be really nice if- Uh, you could go? I interrupted Ora, nudging Maria with a helpless look in my eyes. This was the one chance I had with her. To walk her home and confess how I felt. Unfortunately, to no avail, seeing as Maria simply shook her head and kept us walking. Aura's arm had gradually slipped from mine, until she was walking across another crossroad ahead of us in a rush to get away from the tense situation. Without looking up at the light, a bright yellow gleam pooled on her frame, as a car approached, causing me to break from Maria and rush forward. All I could think about was getting her away from that moment, whether it be the adrenaline pulsing through me as I fought to get away from Maria, or knowing what disaster could have sparked if I hadn't jumped in the way risking all I had in that very moment. Our bodies collided and we pummeled to the ground, twisting and turning onto the sidewalk where I laid on top of her. Dust and gravel coated my body as I coughed. She began to punch my chest from below. She was less than amused. Seriously? Was there nothing else you could have done? She yelled, staring down at her ruined clothing and the traffic that was now held up due to the fumble. The cars had luckily not crashed rather, fell into a standstill as the argument raged forth. I'm leaving! Don't try to follow me! Don't talk to me! Nothing! And you! She eyed Maria, sniffling. Hope you're happy! With that, who I thought was the love of my life stormed off into a crowded road of worried citizens that tried to aid her in her venture. I was left staring at what I had created. Maria's hand on my shoulder only made me angrier as I lightly shoved it off. Next time? When I say go, just listen to me. You ruined what I had! I turned, groaning as I made my way home, without another word. The next day felt miserable. Each hour that passed had no meaning to it. I felt as though I had lost the few friends I had by saving a life. I was so stuck in my own mind that I didn't see the chatter amongst the crowds that I passed, or the fingers being pointed as people spread around what had happened. Murmurs of a boy being yelled at after saving a poor girl's life pooled along the hallways, entering and leaving everyone's minds within minutes of the school's opening. I was a celebrity without even knowing it. While walking to my mythology class, I had even received a pat on the back or two, pushing past it as a mishap or some sort of miscommunication between friends. But the moment I stepped into the classroom, I knew something was amiss. Everyone went silent as I made my appearance, including the usually rather talkative side of the room, who were all staring and tilting their heads in curious manners. One specifically, the girl who seemed to be the Queen Bee of the group, stood and approached my stiff stance, her soft blonde hair swaying to match the sickeningly sweet gaze that met my nervous one as she reached out to take my hand. I felt as though I may pass out as her fingers intertwined with mine, and her eyes burned a hole into my heart. Then she opened her lips to finally speak. I heard about what you did for that girl. Her eyes trailed around the room. I don't think I've ever known someone as bold as you are. I mean, really, you threw yourself in front of a car. She looked back to me, squeezing my hand and leaning in to whisper something in my ear. Why don't we meet after school? I stood there, frozen for another minute as she returned to her group, before shakily taking a seat and realizing what I had gotten myself into. The class ran along with eyes on me at all times, causing me to pay little to no attention as I awaited the end of the day with a tapping foot and shaking hands. Finally, the last bell rang. I wasn't sure where she expected me to find her. In fact, I wasn't even sure I wanted to see her at all. But the way she held my hand… I just couldn't bring myself to ditch her. Plus, I had somehow gained even more glances after that little expression of adoration. I once more stepped out of the school to find the blonde running up to me, her cheeks pink and her eyes a beautiful deep blue to match her ivory skin tone. Once more, my hand was grabbed as her smile grew. Her friends had gone home by that point, leaving just her and me in a bustling crowd of students. Amongst it, Aura watching from afar as the girl leaned forward. I'm Gwen. Gwen Whittle. And I'm about to change your life. And she did. I walked her home that day, and the day after that, and the day after that, and gradually, I started getting noticed. People reached out to talk to me, and I found that part of me enjoyed it. Aura was in the past. Maria was dropped. I had a friend group in everything I wanted, including Gwen. Throughout the year, I thought she was some sort of snake, preying on those lower than her. But I saw that she reached out to those in need every day, bringing them into her friend group just as she did with me. And rumors became truth. She and I ended up getting tied up into an intimate relationship as Aura and Maria seethed behind closed doors. It was perfect. And that's how my odd luck got me a seat next to the Queen Bee.
0: Aiden shared a look with
2: Bradford and Kendrick
0: as they sneered. Me? He repeated.
2: You want me, Aiden Saltwater, to teach you math? Are you out of your mind?
0: He looked at Bradford and Kendrick again, surprised.
2: Couldn't you find any smart girl in our class to teach you? He really couldn't
0: believe it. I looked scared and humble, but deep down, I was cackling (laughs) like an evil wizard. You are the brightest and best student in math class that I know of. You also have a special way of explaining things to people, and no one can do it like you, I said in a very calm, sweet way. He blushed for a second, then quickly changed his facial expression to one of disgust, once he noticed that his friends were looking at him.
2: Well, um...
0: He was scratching his head. My sweet talk was working.
2: Let's see if we can start on...
0: He was about to agree when Bradford interrupted him. Aiden will not be teaching you anything. Get out of here, will you? He said in his British tongue, the accent that he used to deceive all the girls on campus. Jerk. As they tried to drive off, I stepped in front of Aiden's car. Aiden looked perplexed. I've already had this discussion with Mr. Orson, our math teacher. If I don't score A's on all my math papers this semester, you'll fail all of yours, you selfish human. And with that, I started walking off. I could already smell defeat, even though I was backing them. Wait! Aiden said. Bradford was shooting me a very intimidating look. I almost peed my pants, but then Aiden continued. Meet me at home tomorrow by 7 p.m. Don't be late. And then they sped off. Bradford made sure to splash a little bit of dirty water from a puddle on me as he drove off. Jerk. My plan was in motion. I was attractive, so I knew that it wouldn't take too long to get Aiden to become totally smitten with me. Then Bradford, the jerk. And finally, Kendrick. Those dudes didn't even know what was coming. You mess with my best friend, you mess with me. Hello, my name is Wicker. Till this day, I haven't figured out why my parents gave me that name. But if you believe that you're going to give your children reasonable names, then quickly hit the like and subscribe button so we can go on with the story. I'm about to tell you just how I made the three hottest guys in my university fight over me. And maybe you'll be able to learn a thing or two from me. But only if you hit those buttons. Last week, Jordan ran into my room looking like an absolute mess. This meant something was really wrong because Jordan always looked charming and put together no matter what. ''Jay, what's wrong?'' I asked, scared.
1: ''You were right. It was just a game. They were just playing with me, Wicker. Why didn't I listen to you?''
0: She cried badly. I knew what she was talking about immediately. The three hottest guys in our university had been asking Jordan out at the same time. I knew that this wasn't a normal thing for a group of friends to do at once, unless it was a bet. I told Jordan this, but she refused to believe me.
1: ''Why are you being jealous, Wicker?'' Why can't you support me for once in your life?"
0: She screamed. What? What do you mean? I always support you. I'm just trying to tell you to look at this from a different point of view. Do you think it's normal for these three guys with a reputation to ask you out at the same time? She shook her head and told me that instead of bringing negative stuff up all the time, I should try to look at things from the positive side. She was a hot cake. The three guys that all the girls on campus wanted, wanted her. I tried my best to stop her from getting hurt. I even sabotaged her dates a few times, but she cut me off once she found out. I didn't know what was happening in her life anymore, so I couldn't intervene. These three jerks convinced her to miss her exams and go partying with them instead. They got her to send them pictures which they printed and stuck on all the lockers in school. They also did a few more terrible things to her. Things that I don't even think are appropriate to say out loud. I got so angry that I promised Jordan that I would deal with them.
1: What are you going to do?
0: She asked, her face swollen as a result of consistent crying. Never mind that, Jay. Just relax, I said as I wiped her face and patted her head. I was in front of Aiden's house by 6.50 p.m. I rang the doorbell and he opened it. He was taken aback immediately. It's not yet 7 p.m., you dummy! He screamed as he slammed the door in my face, almost hitting my nose. Wow, what a dumbass. I was going to deal with this one specially, I thought as I stood there quite shaken. Aiden's mother apologized on his behalf and let me in. By 7 p.m., Aiden started teaching me math. I don't think I can count the number of times he called me dummy, even if I count with both my hands and feet. I kept making ohs and ahs, even though I already understood everything he was teaching. Maybe even more than him. I just wanted him to feel special, and he did. It took three days of Ooing and eyeing on my side to get him to start smiling. You're really special, you know, I told him one day. He blushed. You really think so? Of course, I see why girls are all over you in school now. I wish I was one of them, maybe you'd pay me a little bit more attention. I put my hand over his and he didn't hit it off, he let it stay. He looked straight into my eyes and was about to say something when his mother burst into the room. We quickly detangled our hands from each other but I think she saw it. The next day our chemistry teacher asked the class a question and no one could answer it until Bradford did. Our teacher praised him and told him to sit down. After class I met Bradford at his desk.
2: What do you want, weirdo?
0: He asked. I stared at him a little bit before saying, I don't know why everyone thinks Aiden is the smartest one amongst you three. I mean, you obviously are. I wish you were my tutor instead of Aiden, I said as I walked away. He called back to me.
2: Well, weirdo, if you want, I could help you out a little bit tonight, but only if you want it though. Not like I want to teach you or anything.
0: ''Of course, I'll come.'' I smiled and tried to walk away when Aiden blocked me.
2: ''Hey, Wicker, you're coming over tonight, right?''
0: ''Um, nope.'' I said, leaving him confused. Bradford didn't say anything either and just left him there. Hanging out with Bradford was fun. He was actually quite smart, much smarter than Aiden. He also taught me how to play basketball and football. We shortly became friends, but for some reason, I missed Aiden.'' I told Jordan how I felt, and she surprised me with her reply.
1: Oh no, you can't like Aiden. That wasn't part of your plan. Aiden is mine, and only mine. You're supposed to bring him crawling to me.
0: I never told her about my feelings for Aiden again. I noticed that I had spent too much time with Bradford, and it was time to move on to my new prey, Kendrick. This was going to be fun. Becoming friends with Kendrick was more difficult than the others. He was only interested in partying and drinking, and after following him around for weeks without him paying any attention to me, I decided to challenge him to a drinking match. As you would expect, I passed out after just a few shots, so he had to take me home and call my parents to tell them that I was safe. I woke up the next day to hear some voices in the strange bedroom that I was sleeping in.
2: What the hell is Wicker doing on your bed, Kendrick? What have you done? Did you hurt him? And why are you so concerned, Aiden? What's your business with Wicker, huh? You're not his tutor anymore, so his business is no longer your business. Kendrick, if you hurt that boy in any way, I swear to God, I'll make sure your face meets my fist right away. I could recognize Bradford's sweet British voice wherever I went. You know what's funny? You guys asking me stupid questions about a guy who doesn't care about you. Guess who's bed he's in, mine.
0: Bradford and Aiden pounced on Kendrick immediately, he said this and they all started fighting. I fell into an unconscious dark hole once again, but with a smile on my face this time, because I knew that my work was done. Next thing will be to disappear from their lives forever, and treat them like bullshit whenever they try to talk to me, before the main embarrassment. I kept going in and out of consciousness, and the next time I woke up, I saw Aiden rubbing my cheek saying,
2: you'll be fine i'm here nothing will happen to you i
0: tried my best to avoid these three guys after that incident but aiden always found me one day he took me out to dinner and confessed his feelings for me i broke down and told him the truth i never loved or needed any of them it was all just a plan for revenge because of what they did to jordan he stormed out and didn't contact me for two days after which he called me and told me that he'd forgiven me for what i did and that I should please forgive him for what they did to Jordan too. I told him I had already and felt deeper in love with him. He also apologized to Jordan, then we started dating in secret because Jordan was still in love with him. I pondered over inviting him over to meet my parents, but we were so scared about how my parents would react seeing us two guys together. I finally made the decision and told him to come over one night for dinner and this is when all hell broke loose but not in the way you'd expect everyone accepted us and didn't behave like there was anything wrong with dating a boy but then my mom kept acting strange she was so nervous and said that she felt like she knew aiden from somewhere about an hour into our dinner she started crying and said
2: oh my god i remember now it's you aiden it's you the birthmark your eyes your lips and even the way you talk
0: She almost fainted, but my dad caught her immediately. After she had taken some water and felt much better, she confessed that she had a child before getting married to my father. She had to give said child up for adoption because she wasn't mentally or financially able to take care of a child at that point in her life. My boyfriend Aiden was that child, she was certain. A DNA test was run the very next day, and it was confirmed. Aiden was really my elder brother. The terrible realization that we could no longer be together dawned on us, and as much as it hurt, we had to start avoiding each other. One day, while walking to class, I noticed Aiden and Jordan kissing. My heart almost stopped in my chest, but I just pretended that everything was alright. Jordan saw me, grinning, and continued kissing Aiden. She hated me now because she found out that I was dating Aiden in secret after she told me not to. She was happy that things turned out the way they did. After class, I was trying to just run home and cry a little bit when Bradford stopped me in my car. Hey, need a ride? Sure, why not? There was this awkward silence in the car for a long time before Bradford finally said,
2: I'm sorry about everything. About what we did to Jordan and how things turned out between you and Aiden, I'm really sorry. Please forgive me."
0: Me and Jordan have forgiven what you did to her. Now about what happened between me and Aiden, it's nobody's fault. Still, I'm sorry, he said. I loved his British accent.
2: Um, would you like to go for dinner later today?
0: Bradford asked while scratching his head. I loved the fact that he wasn't cocky and overconfident with me. Instead, he was scared and insecure. Sure, I replied as he dropped me off. By 7 p.m., Bradford picked me up and took me to a fancy restaurant. He ushered me to a large table, and guess who I saw there? Aiden, Jordan, and Kendrick. What the hell is this, Brad? Just sit down, he signaled to the chair.
2: I see you're having fun with Bradford now,
0: Aiden sneered.
2: I thought he was a bully, wasn't he? Um, how did you say it? Take it
0: easy, brother. Or someone would think you were jealous, I said, looking straight at Jordan.
2: I guess it's Bradford's turn to experience hurt and betrayal.
0: Jordan replied.
2: Um, Bradford, if hurt and betrayal are too much for you to handle, I'll be happy to take wicker off your hands. Jordan rolled her eyes. Somehow,
0: Bradford was able to talk sense into all of us. I apologized to Jordan and she apologized to me. Aiden, Bradford and Kendrick apologized to Jordan again and Aiden apologized to me for not telling me that he and Jordan had started dating. What happened was out of our control and we were brothers now so we had to act like it. We all became best friends and Bradford and I later got married. Bradford treated me better than any other person would have. Last I heard, Kendrick got married to a beautiful girl and they traveled abroad. Sometimes we try to control life. But life always has its own plans for us.
1: Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, Hello Fresh is your guilt free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh.